All right. Welcome to the podcast, Eric. Can you hear me? Uh, sounds good. Yeah, we got the first first shot this time. All right. Good stuff. For the IP address. Yeah, no laptop feedback this time. We both kind of figured it out. We're uh, making progress in our third uh, our third podcast of this COVID-19 quarantine era. Uh, we did predict that we'd be in this for quite some time. So uh, at least fortunately, we're still healthy and all that. And, uh, you know, we moved past the era of, of re- regular friend Zooms and stuff like that. And down to really just the poker on, on Friday for most of us, I think. But, uh, yeah, well, life, life goes on. Surprisingly easy transition, yeah. You, you would think it'd be a little more of a struggle, but I, I must say the quarantine life has come pretty smoothly, I feel like, all in all. And uh, now we're on the cusp of the return of the NBA. So, you know, it's starting to feel a little a little more like how it used to be. Baby steps. Yep, it's pretty exciting. Of course, this probably means our, our next season will be pushed back, and we'll talk about that more later. Uh, but the people, you know, the people want to hear – some some random stuff from us. Uh, we got a lot of feedback today from people, so we'll see which if we could touch on any of those topics. But um, let's let's first start with something that you took some time to work on. Uh, you you decided, and I guess you could give some more thought to how you came to this. But you want to do a comparison series. We haven't done one of these in a while. We, we've done many of these through the years, whether it was comparing people's basketball skills to NBA players or comparing managers to countries. But you wanted to take a look. Uh, managers related to like early American heroes. So go on, go on with how you came to that. Yeah. Uh, yeah so, I mean, well, first things first, uh, obviously like you, tr- you try and match up with like the phenomenon as it's happening. And, uh, you know, everyone had their little Hamilton splurge, uh, you know, for the 4th of July. So, you know, if you didn't see it on Broadway now, you probably have watched it on Disney plus, um, which is what I did. I'm like July 5th, 4th or 5th. So, I kind of, you know, I felt a little already well-versed in the matter. I was reading a Ben Franklin book during my lockdown experience, you know, they had a little more ammunition, and uh, the characters are pretty uh, kind of, I can see the connections, you know, the three kind of came together pretty easily. So I now have a solid uh, 13-member cast, actually. So uh, oh, I'm excited that. to break this down with you. 13? I'm very interested to see who, who the, the random number 13 is, but... Did you enjoy Hamilton? I, I, I imagine you did if we're going to the topic here. Uh, I did enjoy myself. I was a little concerned. I don't know. Me and music are always a, a, t- a tough uh, combination. But with subtitles thrown on, I feel like that made a big difference, letting me at least like keep up with the lyrics. And uh, I enjoyed some good smack talk. So, uh, you know, I think uh, for what it was, I had a, a nice experience sitting on the couch watching Hamilton. I don't regret it. I think well, – I saw it in theaters. So I have some, like – I'm more harsh on it than other people, I guess for, maybe there's a few reasons. One, when we went to see it, Amy had the flu. So like the early stages of the flu. So she was like coughing and sneezing the whole time. Two, the rap music doesn't really do it for me. It's a little strange. I do like musicals. It was was a little weird to me. And I think the third thing is that like the summer before I saw it, I'd read a book called Washington Circle, which I highly recommend as a history guy uh, that you are. Basically about, uh, Washington's presidency and, and his advisors in those early years. And I thought that the kind of the portrait of Hamilton in that book was very different than in the show. The show obviously made him out to be mostly a hero. And I, I thought that the book really made it out that he was more of a kind of a devious 
power grabbing person. But I guess as the as the show points out, it really depends on who writes your history and who tells your story. So uh, I guess there's that. Hmm. Well, it seems like this everybody was a power grab and asshole kind of in that play uh, to some degree. Uh, which hey, that probably fits well with these ones of the big boy years, right? For uh, comparison purposes. So uh, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of chemistry here, and uh, you know, it's I guess it's some good harmless. Uh, you know, these guys have been gone for centuries anyway. Nobody actually knows the fucking truth anymore. So uh, this makes for perfect comparison. All right, cool. So how did you do this? Is it based on how people are as managers in the league or just like as people are like generally or what approach uh, you take here? I'd say a combination. I did, I did try to I tried to think of the manager, the managers that you were working with. Uh, but I also find it's, it's tougher when the people have less of a history of, uh, you know, being competitive or being that successful uh, to compare them to those folks. But yeah, pretty much everybody here is, you know, Hamilton period or like we got a few like Civil War era folks. So that's, All right, that's so get, a, get us started here. Well, where, where do you want to start out? Uh, I think it makes sense to start at the top and like probably the one person who uh, in the play comes out like, you know, like Scotch clean uh, is largely the only person who comes across, you know, like uh, the the role model for all of us in uh, the Eastman's of the big boy years. And that's our, uh, our fearless commissioner, Garrett Hoffman. Uh, yeah, he's the man who never has an interest in being in the commissioner's seat. Uh, you know, I think he largely would prefer that uh, we don't have to come to clashes. We can all just settle things peacefully. And that's obviously the, uh, the GW, George Washington role, I think, in a, you know, this early American universe. Yeah, that makes sense to me. First, you know, he's kind of the first one there in power. People would have, you know, people would have wanted him for a longer term if he didn't want to step down. And he was really the guy to unify the country back then. So we don't spend a lot of time on that one. I think we both agree there. Uh, yeah, yeah, it makes a lot of sense to me. All right, all right, good start, good start. Um, let me give you another. I'll give you. Oh, we'll keep rolling. So from from President One, I'm gonna go now to President Two, which is your John Adams in this uh in this breakdown. And after watching the play, I can't say I really was that familiar with him before the play, but the perception I got. A John Adams to Eric comparison seems very natural to me. Uh, Eric is an immortal. He brought home that one championship. And, you know, obviously, John Adams, you know, got to the top seat. So, you know, you got to give him credit there. Just everyone kind of saw him as a pushover, you know. Uh, not really clear how he even got to that seat of power. I don't know if he was a compromise candidate, kind of. Um, Eric obviously inherited the team that gave him a championship from a – I guess it was from Zach Shapiro back in the day. And that was like, I forget Matt Edelman team before that. So uh, yeah, it just seemed like a, a natural transition. John Adams to Eric. Yeah. And it's almost like the strong family line there. Like, so that kind of works also, you know, as you said, from the, the Edelman to Shapiro to, to Rubenstein line there, it's, he had, he had strong managers that came before him that allowed him to get that position. So another good one. I, I'm still with you here. All right. All right. We're still, still going forward. Um, all right. Next up I have, I'm going to do Trevier here, who I'm labeling as Thomas Jefferson. Interesting. So we know that Thomas Jefferson spent a lot of time over in France, right? Just philandering around and such. Yeah, it sounded like he had a great old time being the French ambassador for a while out there. And, uh, yeah, 
I guess it was pretty successful, uh, you know, kind of being that uh, American Idol, so to speak, that the French looked up to as, you know, they're kind of, uh, I guess, like kind of like their uh, they're, they're little baby all grown up, so to speak, representing America there. But, uh, you know, I liked in the play, Tom Sherrison's uh, had a lot of flair, uh, certainly a lot of style. And I think that's kind of the the uh, the kind of persona Trevier is also letting off when he is invested in the fantasy basketball. Now, it's, maybe it's like kind of like a reverse in that uh, Trevier was very present in the league in the beginning. And I'd say in later years, less interested in being so involved in the league. But, you know, I think, you know, Trevier is a bit... Tom Sherrison's ability to, you know, kind of cut people off at, under their feet. I think Shabir has that kind of a sinister side to him that, you know, he's willing to show his teeth when another manager's pissing him off. Um, I, yeah, I, I see the chemistry there. And I think the kind of the little cockiness, you know, uh, TJ's a little more, maybe a little more upfront about it, but I think Shabir has it too, also into the surface, you know, he just isn't quite as over the top. Sure. You, you also say that, you know, he kind of laid the foundation for the country anyway, right? Shamir was a big, a big force in those early years, uh, as was Thomas Jefferson with the Declaration of Independence. So, all right. Uh, we're, we're drifting a little further, but another not, not too bad one here. Okay. Okay. I, I, really, I really should have studied up more of my American history before doing this today, but, you know, it is what it is. What the? Oh, that's all right. Well, I'm sure I'll have a good debrief text afterwards. You know, we'll get into it. Um, all right, so we got uh, King George III here, uh, monarch in the UK, obviously a very confident individual, very, I think, uh, very insolent perspective, thinks that the laws on the books are very strong and sturdy, you know, and a uh, little change needs to be introduced into the system. Uh, sounds all exactly even to me. Probably the funniest character in the show, Hamilton, right? Uh, de- definitely a funny character. Yeah, I mean, certainly thinks highly of himself. Uh, I'm not sure how Levy's voice is. If you know, he can match up with quite those uh, those rhymes and a little shifting tone. But uh, I don't know. I can, are you, with the way Levy's hair is growing, I mean, you kind of can see like the the royalty hair coming into place now in the quarantine. Uh, I think, and I think, like I said, like you know that that connection to the law. No matter how maybe asinine or you know ridiculous some old standards are, you know, uh, seems seems to fit nicely. I'm yeah, that's, that's an interesting one. I, I wouldn't necessarily uh, say that someone that's part of the new era would really be the, the symbolic figurehead of, of the old guard, but um, but I, I do think that his adherence to the the letter of the law, even when it isn't expressly written, uh, is definitely a, a trait of Levy as a manager. So. Uh, that certainly makes sense. Yeah, so I wasn't even thinking New Era when we were doing this list, but I mean, now that you've mentioned it, I am ready to uh, bring bring one of your trio back from the dead, and that's our uh, our Benedict Arnold in this play, Dan Weiser. Wow, wow, that's harsh, harsh. Oh, oh, it's it's, oh, it's a natural role. Hey, come on, you played us till the end. I can remember all of, all of Scott's what and Weiser told me. You know, if you don't. Uh, if you don't bother me too much, you know, this might just work out okay. I might just decide to stay, you know. And then uh, <laughs> no explanation, no, you know, no, no real justification for the uh, the actions to follow. And, you know, guy just flew to coop. He, hey, Arnold was doing quite well in America. Weiser had a second-place finish the prior season. And, yeah, the guy just threw it all away. For the losing side, might I add. I, you know, 
I don't know. John John inherited that team did quite well. Benedict Arnold could have inherited a great America, you know. But now what's he got, you know? Yep, they both fled to another country afterwards, no? Hmm. Even better. Yeah, ironic that Weiser's out for settled in Philadelphia, too. Kind of weird how that all took place, but... Well, he went to Australia. That's why he dropped out of the league, yeah. I remember. Yeah. Well, it's not even... I don't even think that was why. That was maybe a convenient excuse, but... It's all right. Time's so schmine. Time's schmine. Well, I think it was a big part of why. It just, from our perspective, he actually had an advantage from living out there with the waiver wire timing and all that stuff, but... That's, yeah. that's neither here nor there. Uh, no, no doubt. No doubt. We've spent uh, enough time on this podcast in the past probably dissecting that whole thing. So, <laughs> All right. So uh, we're starting to go global now. I'll, uh, a tough person to peg here in this comparison series was uh, Dan Corden. Obviously, it's uh, hard to think of like a significant character in history to compare it to Dan's less than significant role, I'd say, in league history. He's got to be the gregarious Marquis de Lafayette, right? I mean, that, that seems like a perfect role for Dank. Cross my mind. Cross my mind. But I don't know. It's, uh, Lafayette's role in history, I think, is too grand for Dan Corden. Uh, to, no offense. In, ter- in fantasy terms, naturally. But I will say, I mean, I do think, though, that he's a kind of a consensus uh, appreciated person in this league setting. And I also think and when it comes to fantasy terms, he's very uh, salt of the earth, you know, very blue-collar manager um, doesn't ask for much, but I, you know, I think people at the same time probably would like be okay. Like voting him onto a rules committee. Like he probably wouldn't fuck it up that much. We all like him. Yeah. You know, I'm seeing Dan Corden here is like an Andrew Jackson is uh, huh. uh, a well-liked, well-liked president kind of led, led to some questionable decision-making, which maybe shows us a little bit of lack of experience. I think really to rise up to a seat of power. Wasn't Andrew Jackson, like, the guy that, like, basically ran – like, he was the first, like, asshole, like, like insane kind of, like, campaigning president? Uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure about the campaigning. I mean, definitely as president, he kind of just ran all over, like, legislative and congressional oversight. I, I, I remember, like, there was, like, a famous scenario where, like, the court told him, like, you can't – I think you can't fight the Mexicans or something, like, out west. And he was just like, all right, well, like, send the army to stop me then. You know, so that was kind of, you know, he wasn't one to really just follow the letter of the law, you know. This, right. this, to, this, one, this one's a miss to me. This one's a miss. I, I don't see it personally, but yeah, I, yeah, well, well, as you go through the rest, we'll see where, where, where we can squeeze him in better. All right. All right. Uh, let's do. All right. Next up. Uh, oh, a tough manager to peg, I'd say. But I, I, I think looking back at him. And I kind of thinking about how this season went for him. Um, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to nominate our Abe Lincoln here. And when I think about Abe Lincoln's career, you know, <laughs> uh, very, very, kind of a very bizarre rise. Kind of didn't seem like it was ever gonna happen, and yet he got that moment. He performed really well, but he really couldn't finish the job. I mean, the guy got assassinated. Got you know his opportunity to really you know. End the Civil War. Um, what I mean, end, you know, end slavery, the whole cause of the Civil War. Didn't get it done. Um, so when I, when I think about Duran Tamari's season here, I mean, the guy was on the cusp of breaking through. He he feels like he won that sternum. And, you know, the pandemic hit, shot the season, it's gone. And, you know, who knows what that legacy is going to be now. That's a great point. And uh, made many speeches, much like Lincoln, just – 
pronouncing his, his greatness uh, throughout the year and, 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 you know, even from beyond the grave in his case, in Duran's case here. So uh, very interesting. Uh, some of his players, you know, after, after time have finally been liberated and onto a winning team. So, all right, I, I can ride with this one. Not sure we'll be making any monuments to Duran's season, though. <laughs> well, I have no doubt if it gave him a chance, he'd be happy to deliver that Gettysburg address. No question about it. Um, all right, another another challenging one, I'll say. Because, um, you know, when I think of this person, what they really belong is like, you know, it, they belong to being like a Mark Zuckerberg right now, which unfortunately we didn't really have back in the, uh, you know, the colonial, the post, you know, post-independence era. But when I think about kind of this person's success, and where I think the end results are going, I have to think of like John Stein here as like your Andrew Johnson who steps in after a blanket assassination and really just fucks the country to pieces. Like, that's yeah, he, <laughs> like it, he's he's basically like middle of the line. I, I did a little I did a little research. I mean, the guy grew up in the South, you know, somewhere like North Carolina. I think he was like the uh, like a senator in Tennessee when the war started. Didn't want to go to war with the Confederacy, went to the winning side, you know, and then he was kind of like, you know, the ultra conservative candidate who could be Abe Lincoln's running mate. So, you know, I guess keep like the Southern vote with him or whatever. And, you know, got a little I lucky. Really going, I really thought you were going Ben Franklin there. Uh, yeah. You know. He, he made the list. That, that, that's not a bad, that's not a bad one. I really thought Ben Franklin there. And especially because like he's, He's kind of the smart guy, but he, he can never really rise to that, that position of total power. Um, but he's, he's necessary. And uh, whereas John is the diddle king of Hoboken, I think many people will probably have described Ben Franklin as the diddle king of, of uh, Philadelphia. So. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Well, uh, I do. Uh, you raise a good point there, I guess. If I like the, the book, I I so well, we'll shoot to Ben Franklin now. He is on the list, so we can jump into that category. Obviously, that character, obviously, a very a larger than one personality. You know, I mean, the guy could hold a podcast and all by himself, no question. Um, what I was reading about Ben Franklin, you know, I was reading uh, just I was reading about his uh, ambassadorship to France back then. So he was older. He was you know still trying to go with the ladies. Uh, wasn't the most successful, I'd say, though, being with the diplomat. Kind of, I got it lazy over the years. Uh, you know, I think the past glories were still he was riding, riding upon. And uh, what I think about that, and I don't know how this current manager is now. I, it kind of reminds me of Corey Hirsch. Uh, you know, he's a uh, history. I think with Corey, you know, he's performed decently in the past when he's put his uh, best efforts into the league. Um, you know, he he was very impressive as a league historian. Kind of a role that Ben Franklin played, I think, during the uh, Declaration of Independence and the uh, American Constitution process. Um, I think always interested in the ladies, always happy, you know, being a player out there. But uh, could also get distracted by those kinds of things, you know. Um, you know, and I could also I could see Ben Franklin, you know, getting involved in a very very dangerous Texas bars with you know. Con- Woman of the night that maybe you don't want to spin with either. Yeah, so. Sure, he's definitely a man of many interests, for sure. I, I like that one. As you were explaining that one, I, I, I knew who you were going for, so that was that was a pretty good one for me. Yeah, well done. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, I, I hope that Corey could have a renaissance. I mean, but 
don't know. We'll see if we can break out of the, the girlfriend mold he's currently stuck in. Uh, all right. Let's get back to uh, – that's more so the, the Hamilton storyline now. Um, we'll go through Aaron Burr. Uh, obviously kind of the protagonist, I think, in this tale. And, uh, yeah, somebody who I think I, I kind of I had some pity for the character – Kind of seemed like on an island a lot throughout the play. Um, like there, there seems like there's some strands of integrity there. Like, like he wants to do the right thing, but maybe gets too <laughs> invested in what's happening. Feels like the world's out to get him, and is willing to switch sides if that's what needs to be done to make this happen. <laughs> and I think as Palmer, you had to do tech. That's. Justin Samuels. Wow. Um, I was about to say, does Aaron, was Aaron Byrne known for relentlessly uh, messaging his, his opponents? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. I guess I will say, I think Hamilton was the one known for, for posting constantly and texting constantly. But uh, I just, I can't, uh, just, uh, Justin just seems like, you know, the, the one who always feels like the world's out to get him, you know. Uh, he can never, like, quite have a party that he can call his own. Uh, he he appeals to Garrett or George Washington trying to, you know, get that control, that strength in the league. And it, it just get, seems to always get swatted down one way or another, you know. Just uh, a good moment to remind our, our listeners here that uh, this shit on Bidzy moment is brought to you by Hudson, Bar- uh, Hudson Whiskey Baby Bourbon. Uh, when you're shitting on Bibsy, you know, it's the only bourbon to drink. So that's Hudson Whiskey uh, Baby Bourbon. Single barrel, Ira. <laughs> Single barrel. Much like, much like the kind of gun he used to shoot Hamilton, I mean, <laughs> I'd imagine. Yeah, true, true. All right, so we're down to, I think we're down to three characters me, left. Me and Andrew, I think. <laughs> the, two, the two of us and Andrew. Uh, I'll go through myself first. Uh, you might not, I, you might not have the historical perspective, but I, I am uh, giving myself the mantle of the Marquis de Lafayette here. Yeah. Uh, I like to think that I kind of operate in my own world in the league. Um, you know, I, my efforts might have, some might say, have saved the league over the years. I think I've been the most dedicated and invested in the project. Um, and, and then also my legacy—it's from the beginning when the American Revolution came to pass and down to the French Revolution, and even post-Napoleon era. You know, Marquis de Lafayette had a, a big role in French history. So, uh, you know, he's definitely a character, a flamboyant uh, player in all this. And I think it matches up well enough with my role in the lifespan of these sorts of the big boy years. And we also know that um, the Marquis, uh, after a few things didn't go well for him during that time, he actually stopped posting on his fantasy message boards as well. Uh, so it's another thing that you have in common. He did go in exile into uh, Austria, I believe, during the Napoleonic era. So yeah, man, it's, <laughs> a, uh, AKA the Dark Ages. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. A brief Dark Ages. All right, and then we'll hit, uh, let's hit Andrew. Oh, Andrew, boy. when I looked at him in the story, you know, I kind of saw an alliance that I think used to be in place between Shamir and Andrew and the, uh, in the league's past, I feel like they used to see eye to eye kind of uh, trying to take down the power sensor, so to speak. Um, they were both kind of always, I think Andrew was, Andrew was always very close to breaking through and winning his championships in the early going. 
But at the same time, I think Andrew also has come to appreciate maybe the uh, the power dynamics that are in play here with Garrett as the leader, um, with myself doing well, I think with your own presence in the league and how it's being guided. Um, he always wants to have his own way of doing things, but I think he understands the system is probably a good one. And that's where I come to, a, you know, James Madison, this comparison. Uh, you know, I think like a, like a classic ally of Thomas Jefferson. Never as flashy, but happy to kind of add another stomp to a point. Um, and I think, you know, and I think he also was ready for a fight if he needed to be in one. And, uh, you know, kind of his role in Hamilton seemed to be that he appreciated the history. Kind of it took him some time to come around to that uh, and coming around to that point and admitting as much. Um, sure. So may not want to say it, but I think he knows it's true. And and definitely important in, you know, shaping the Constitution and, and eventually the Bill of Rights and kind of his commentary on that and getting ratification achieved. I think I, I think that's a good spot. All right. And then, you know, I guess, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, I see where this was headed. Uh, but I do think ultimately that at the day, you know, our, uh, I think, you know, kind of like our uh, chief of staff in the league, uh, sometimes self-declared, you know, sometimes uh, propelled into that spot. Um, some vicious rivalries, I think, in league history, often out on a ledge trying to push through, uh, you know, central banks and uh, take it on the league debt, what, all for one, one for all, uh, ultimately doesn't break through often. And you're, you're a handsome, Paul. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, I did, I did kind of see this coming. Uh when you mentioned this topic, I kind of felt like uh, my role is similar to his in that I think we both kind of propose out of the box futures for the, for the league. And we see things on a grander scale than maybe the rest of the people involved. Everyone else is very good at the day to day, but the big, the big vision stuff of, 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 of where we can move, I think is, is where I, where I'm good at. And I could definitely be a dick like Hamilton definitely was at, at many times. And of course we're both uh, fairly short people. So, so, it kind of works that way as well. Yeah, and I, I mean, it kind of reminds me of like, you know, when we used to play tackle football, you were, you, you never were interested in doing a tackling. You were, you were quite happy to be the, like the one safe player. You'll just go down on your own. It's kind of how Hamilton handled the duel, you know? I'm just going to hold this gun up, uh, you know, no threat here, no threat here. Yeah, it's like, uh, you know, you're not, you're not interested in it getting too violent, you know? Just, you know, sometimes things go poorly for you. But. No, I mean, he's my words, and that's about it. So I, I, I like it. I, I, especially in the first few, I had a feeling that's where we're going, but uh, yeah, much, much, uh, much appreciated. I much appreciated. Well, I, I look forward to people tearing it apart, uh, you know, in the text to come in the morning, but yeah, it's good talking points. You didn't give anyone too, too harsh of a comparison here. So I, I don't think anyone should be too upset, but uh, yeah, uh, leave some comments in the, in the chat thread. If you, uh, if you disagree with anything or uh, want to make an argument for anyone else here. All right. Good stuff. So let, let's move along here. What else do we got on the list here? We had a, we had a lot today. I want to talk about this uh, thing that Levy brought up in the group thread today. So we've all been in quarantine for a while now, but, you know, as we've gone, we've all been kind of, you know, seeing each other social distant and kind of getting out for exercise and stuff like that. But, you know, it, there's a scenario where you'd have to be totally quarantined like some of these NBA players when they come back from outside the bubble. And uh, even further, if you're going to be in solitary confinement in prison. So let's talk about who we think would be 
the, the best to survive and, and least likely to survive in solitary confinement. So uh, per Levy, basically the rules are no technology. Like obviously it's like you're in prison, yet like an hour of outdoor time a day. So who, who's your, who do you think would be the best at surviving this kind of situation? All right, so, so let's, yeah, let's just clarify the rules here. So surviving as in like, uh, I don't know. Like, I mean, what is that? Mean? Well, who would, who would thrive the best basically in, in the solitary okay. Who should live their best, be their best selves kind of a yeah. scenario? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, okay. To me, the big swinger in this whole thing is that, like, there's certain people that if they were isolated, but they had all their stuff. Like, like if Trevor was like told you can't go see anybody, but you have your TV and your your PS4, like, and your phone, you know, he he would probably be the, my top to thrive. But in a true solitary confinement situation, I I don't think he'd be quite as strong. Yeah. That, yeah. That's what I'm thinking here. No, no, okay. Yeah, no, no, that's fair. Okay, yeah. So, so are, we, are we in a dark, no light? Or are we just talking like single jail cell, four walls? Single like jail cell, walls, four walls, yeah. Three, Definitely no, spirit, no, no Tyrion Lannister thing where he's like, you know, over over the, you know, out, outdoor area. Just a basic four wall cell. Uh, like you know, minimal, <laughs> minimal light coming through, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, no roommate. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. All right. Uh. I would mean, say, like, I mean, first thought's got to be, like, I, mean, I feel like John Stein would be good in this kind of setting. But then I, I mean, then I think, I mean, just because I feel like he's always happy to just be, like, sitting on his couch doing jack shit. But, I mean, the more I think about it, that kid's mind might be too dangerous for him in that kind of setting also. So it's, it gets dicey. And if, you know, he's got nothing to, like, let out his, like, uh, genius energy on. Uh, i trying to. See, to me, I think Corey is a pretty good candidate here. Uh, he he also is one that's usually pretty deep in his own head, but I think in this situation it would be it would be fine because he'd just be like, "Well, this is like this is it. This is what I'm resigned to here." So like, I think he'd be he'd be there. Like, I don't think he'd mind pissing into like a like into a pot. Uh, like, you know, he get the nicotine withdrawal is going to be real brutal though. Is that where he could take a cigarette break or whatever like that? I think he'd be, he'd be mild like. I think he'd be the most content. I think he's the kind of person that would spend the time thinking about, about stuff in life and not driving himself insane in that regard. How is, how is uh, his uh, sleeping habits nowadays? Has he uh, kind of turned the corner there? I mean, he's, well, he's well, I think it's inconsistent, but I think, I think when you don't really know what time it is because you're in solitary, I think that benefits him the most, actually. He would just kind of roll with the punches there. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, I would think like a... I mean, he's, he's, I think he's a strong candidate. I mean, I do think Corey's a social creature, though. So, like, I mean, there's definitely, there's definitely going to be some challenges in that kind of setting for, you know, somebody who's used to, you know, at least, like, uh, being able to have some interaction. Uh, I don't think, I don't know. I mean, I guess, like, at the card table, like, he's probably pretty good, though. He is pretty good at just, like, sitting at the card table and, like, you know, just locking in and not having a problem. I mean, what do you, I, I think Levy would be pretty good at this format. I mean, he's... I mean, his mind will keep going, I think. And, like, he can kind of keep himself entertained just, like, plotting, I don't fucking know, against some guard, like, during his hour break. But, yeah, he's – I mean, I, like, when I see him, like, in AC at a, at a blackjack or a poker table, that kid is silent, just, like, no problem, just chilling and vegging. But he's, on, yeah. but he's on alcohol then. To me, with Levy, he's always on his phone. So, without the ability to have that base technology, I think, I think he'd kind of lose his – Ooh, motorcycles are rubbing out here. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think I think you kind of lose it after like a, a few hours, basically. 
Hmm. All right. That's right. It's hard to know until you really see it, you know? Uh, who else is... Uh, well, I think we... Well, Andrew would be pretty damn bored, but I mean... I don't know. I mean, he doesn't like to read anyway, right? So, I don't know. He's got a... Yeah. I could see him being quite content just staring at the wall. I don't know. I don't think any of us would be too good at this, to be quite honest. I think most of us are, are too either social or relying on technology to, to keep us going. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't do all with the food situation. Other than that, I can pretty much sit and be with my thoughts for a while. Not too much issue. Right. You need good food? You're, you're a picky eater? Oh, you're pretty... Uh, well, if I'm eating like gruel, I might have an issue with that. As long as it's like a like a little like warm, eh, it's fine. I can get by. Yeah, warm, that. warm gruel. I don't know if it's gonna oh, be yeah. warm. It could be. Like you, you, I mean, you know, you're gonna be the shower bitch too, though. So that'd be tough for you. Well, if you're a solitary person, you're probably having like your own shower. They don't, you're too dangerous to be amongst the general population. You're probably getting like a sponge bath once a week. <laughs> sponge bath. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. I don't know. Well. I guess well, maybe one day we'll have, if the coronavirus gets bad enough, we'll all be in solitary. could find it, you know, we could see how this all plays out in real life. Yeah, well, I'll, hopefully, at least in that situation, our, our Wi-Fi and all that won't go down. Because, yeah, again, we'd all be in big trouble if that was the case, I think. So, all right, what else What else we got to talk about here? Uh, all right. Other things on my agenda. I right, do I want to get into the NBA bubble and, you know, kind of our – Thoughts on that experience and NBA's coming around the corner. I think we talk yeah, about sure. right, do the bubble first. All right, so uh, surprisingly successful, now. I mean, uh, it's pr- pretty uh, pretty minimal damage thus far. You know, everyone seems fairly happy. I guess there's a little, a little bit of complaints, like oh, I'm in uh, I'm in prison here. They're gonna monitor my activities when I leave. But like. Uh, Generally, people seem satisfied. Yeah, look, I'm just happy it's going really well. Again, this is the second straight week that they've had zero positive tests. Um, all the racist people who have been like, there's no way the NBA will work, but, but baseball will be fine. Like, they've all been shut the hell up after the, you know, the entire Marlins team has tested positive for Corona. Uh, and the bubble has been hugely successful. So, Look, I'm pretty excited we're getting basketball tomorrow. Uh, they've set it up that we're going to have some pretty entertaining matchups pretty early on. I think, well, we got Pelicans. Uh, honestly, Pelicans, whoever, is pretty excited. But, um, you know, it's it's going to be pretty good. And Pelicans, uh, Jazz. What's the matchup? Got Pelicans, Jazz at 6.30, and then Clippers, Lakers at 9 o'clock. All right. Yeah, and then and then Friday we got a bunch of games. I'm pretty excited for like uh, all day basketball. That's gonna be the big uh, big turnaround in terms of a uh, you know day to day quarantine life. I mean, I know some people can uh, watch soccer, but that's never been my go to. Uh, so I'm ready for some 24 seven sports entertainment to uh, get me through the day. And uh, it's gonna be fun. I mean, I'm obviously being a Disney guy. You know, I'm in, very intrigued to see. Uh, what kind of Disney synchronized advertisements are going to be involved in the in this setup? Uh, I'm excited to see like how the the family uh, viewing is kind of uh, actually working. 
Uh, I guess they must have some sort of like tape to like going on to like make sure the fans aren't like flipping off the cameras and stuff. I guess like uh, I guess it's the same as like a live broadcast in that regard. Honestly, uh, it's kind of the thing where like you can't even see it anyway. Like we're not even gonna notice it when it's when it's happening. I think. Hang on, hang on one second. I'm trying to charge my uh, wireless headphones here as we as we talk. Uh, thought we had gone over all my technical things, but you know. Takes a takes a few pods for Paul to get up to speed with this technology. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously we have to touch upon uh, the uh, the Lou Williams adventure. Um, that was that will probably be the high point of this whole uh, quarantine experience. At least like the most lighthearted high point, I think. So for those paying attention, Lou Williams left the bubble to go to uh, attend a funeral, um, and while he was out, he wound up going to get. Uh, Wings from a strip club in Atlanta it's called Magic City. Apparently very famous wings, and Lou Will is so popular there that he has a menu item named after him. Um, so he And someone basically took a picture of him on Insta- and put it on Instagram. Uh, yeah, who else do you see uh, having a strange exit from the bubble, and, and for what odd reason do you think they're going to be leaving? Uh, so I did... Yeah, I kind of took a look at things. Um, I, mean, I can definitely see, uh, in terms of actual, like, I mean, I'm optimistic that nobody's really that stupid to fuck this up. But, I mean, in terms of just, like, stupid scenarios, I mean, I don't know. Based upon, like, what we've been hearing from, like, Michael Porter Jr., I mean, and the kind of conspiracy theories he's buying into, I mean, I can see him just bouncing because whatever, he thinks that uh, <laughs> the COVID freaks are uh, controlling uh, the environment. Sounds like he's going to be a, a reactionary to like being under quarantine, being under rules of the NBA. So he's definitely a top nominee. Um, Apparently, his thing is that he's one of those like religious freaks. Like he was homeschooled and only went to high school to play basketball. Um, so, so that's that's where a lot of his weird thought process comes from. I think. Um, I don't see him leaving. I don't know. I see J.R. Smith leaving. I think the guy's not really committed to the, the team anyway. Like, he's a, a short-term signing. I think he's going to have, like, a 45-point game at some point, and, like, he's going to get a DM, and he's going to be like, look, you know, I'm getting to the end of my career here. I don't know if I'm going to be able to have this action too much longer. I'm going to take advantage of this right now. I'm, I'm out of here. <laughs> well, I, mean, I was looking at the Lakers roster, and, like, I feel like we didn't get, like, enough, enough time to really appreciate just, like, how ridiculous of like a championship team this is to just have Jr. Dion Waiters, Dwight Howard, and Javale McGee like all on the same roster, like and Rondo. I mean, Rondo's and, like a nut. And Rajon Rondo, who I feel like has like he kind of has like the Kyrie like arrogance to him. Just like they're, they're, it's amazing that this team, if this team could coalesce and actually like win a championship. I, I mean, Rondo off the court is most known for like beating kids at Connect Four. <laughs> like he's a psycho. <laughs> uh, it's I definitely I definitely imagine like Rondo like ordering all these guys around like definitely ordering like Javale and Dwight around like they're his bitches like when they're in practice and like outside of the games. I don't know. Very bizarre team. I don't I don't know how. I feel like LeBron's just like never in like just like a simple situation. Shit's always really strange around him. Uh, I mean. It just seems likely that some, one of these guys is going to get fucked, like, going to do something stupid and get outside the bubble, just, like, for stupid reasons. I can see JaVale, like, going out there and, like, whatever. Like, I don't know. Somebody hits him up and it's like, oh, it's okay to go here. Like, that's the safe part of the bubble. 
and he goes to meet somebody. The thing is, like, everyone knows at this point you can't leave the bubble. So it's, um, like, once you're out, you're out, and you're quarantining for 10 days. So I, I think these guys get that. Um, I don't know. I, I just don't – I. I, for the most part, think these guys who are there understand what's going on. The people that don't want to be there are already not there. And especially once the games get going and the playoffs start, like, it's going to be down to business. Before the, before the playoffs, you know, we'll see what happens. Like, the, Washington's not even really running a real team. I wouldn't be shocked if something happened and they all just kind of, like, like forfeit out. It happened in Major League Soccer that, like, two teams basically showed up and, like, a few people tested positive and they just wound up not playing in the tournament. So I, I wouldn't be shocked if that happened with some of the, the lower seat, like with Phoenix and Washington. But uh, look, the rest of them, it's probably like, what, what's the alternative? Going home and... Uh, oh, being with your family, I guess it's the big, uh, big draw. Yeah, but like, I'm sure a lot of them are like, oh, I don't need to be at home with my family every day. We just did that for two months and we'll, we'll do it, you know, once we get knocked out of the playoffs uh, for the next three months anyway. So uh, it, it's not that big of a deal to be there with their teammates for now. And they're friends. Like, a lot of them are having a good time. Like, I'm sure the Anten Catupos are having a great time, you know, <laughs> brothers are united over there. And uh, a lot of other guys that are, are friends that don't usually get to spend a lot of time together during the season. I would think it's a great time. To me, like, if, if they're like, hey, our, our friend group needs to all go to a bubble situation, like, right now, we'd all be like, oh, this is great. Like, we get to spend more time together. We haven't done this in a long time. And, uh, you know, you get paid while doing it. So what, what's really the big deal? I think, well, I don't know, man. I think t- whatever whatever tension there is, though, probably is going to escalate in this setting. Like, it's more like the more wackier scenarios. Like, like I can see, like, Hassan Whiteside's not going to be happy in that bubble, like, with the Blazers healthy again. Like, he's getting, like, relegated to jack shit duty. Like, if he's playing Joel and beating the Sixers, like, I'm sure that's probably going to be an ugly outing where he's going to be pissed off at Joel. I can see them talking trash. I can see that, like, escalating and them being, like, Let's take care of this, like, after the game, you know. And then they get they leave the bubble area to show, to have, like, a brawl, you know. It's something like that. Like, it's not that outside of the norm to imagine that kind of taking place. Well, because yeah. usually those guys just go back to their own hotels after the game and go to Twitter and, and trash talk. Now they'll just go meet up, you know, <laughs> the Grand Vista Hotel or whatever. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, now, they're all neighbors now. I mean, you know, you can see. I Brooke and Robin Lopez, they might just decide to leave to go to Disney World because, you know, that's a lot more that's a lot more fun than being in the NBA bubble and it's right next door. No, so. man, they'd rather just win win the championship as brothers on the same team and then go to Disney World. Like, and then risk it and then quarantine before the next season starts. I, you know, it doesn't seem like that big of a deal to me. I don't know. I think the whole thing is really overblown. The, all reports are showing that you're safer in the bubble than you are pretty much anywhere else in American life right now. So... I don't see the big deal. Uh, I mean, I sympathize with what you're saying, but I mean, it's easier said than done when like major life events are going on, you know. And like, yeah, you know, what's happening? What is what is happening? Oh, in life well, right now? There are birth, there are births of children, there are deaths in families. Oh, I mean, I don't know. You got a kid's graduation, like a mar- like a wedding going on, you know, that kind of stuff. People want to go to. I mean, graduation is over. No one's getting married right now. Everyone's pushing their weddings back a year. Come on. I mean, births, whatever, you go for that, you know, fine. Yeah, then sure. you come back in 10 days. I'm sure Melo's going to be the fall guy if, you know, LeBron and CP3 and him go down to Miami to visit uh, Dwayne Wade. You know, that's, 
I'm sure LeBron and TV3 feel like they have the leeway to leave if they want to, that kind of thing. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that we'll see some wackiness happen before this is all said and done, but we'll see. I don't know. Maybe Grayson Allen like tries to send Trip Zion, you know, to get the Grizzlies past the Pelicans. That's probably automatic automatic suspension because the NBA wants the Pelicans in the playoffs. Yeah. I, I do hope there's like – I hope – well, first of all, they got to be filming – in, in this bubble, like, 24-7. If not for, like, obviously we're not having, like, a Big Brother-type show, but they've got to have, like, an, an, an all-actor. Like, like, 10 years from now, the documentary footage from this is going to be fucking absurd. It's going to be so funny. Like, I'm sure there's more than just Myers Leonard chugging beers and what... what like, I'm sure there's just tons of funny stuff happening in this yeah. bubble. I'm disappointed. They really haven't leaked much. Like, they haven't really given us much, like, just, like, live, like, Kodak moment footage of these guys. Because right now it's not funny, but like in ten years it's gonna be funny. Like in ten years, in ten years we're gonna like all this. Like we're gonna want to all the shit talk going on during like the, you know Jimmy Butler's fishing trips and <laughs> and, and things like that. Yeah, so hopefully, uh, they're, hopefully they're filming it. You know, hopefully, uh, hopefully it's safe for posterity because you know as we saw the last dance, all this old footage eventually yeah, becomes yeah. very enjoyable. Well, wow, this is gonna be a great. Yeah, this will be a great documentary. No question about it. I, know, I guess we'll see how the playoffs play out. Because I mean, you know, having some sort of championship story adds to it all. But uh, I don't know. Maybe this is where the legend Giannis uh, begins, so to speak. Do you have a sleeper pick for for this year? Like, or do you basically think it's gonna be one of the original favorites? Uh, I mean, I mean, I'm not rolling. No, I, mean, I, I think it's still. I have a harder time imagining like uh, teams from the East like, necessarily like being like the uh, like Clippers, for instance, like in the finals if they get there. But, like at the same time, I think like the Lakers could beat the Clippers. Um, to me, the Clippers seem like the week like Lou Will and, and Montrezl Harrell. Like who knows what their status is going to be and their mindset now going forward. So we'll, yeah. we'll see. What I, I just want to see like with Kawhi and like Paul George. Like they're I don't know. Like I, I just feel like they're going to be like they're going to be money no matter what. Almost like they just have enough pieces. I don't know, like, like, when I look at the East, like, I don't think, like, the Bucks are, like, unbeatable, you know. I mean, it, it's basically like Giannis is, like, that dominant, and they all hit their three-pointers, then, like, it's no conversation. But, like, I don't Boston or Toronto, I think could get past them, you know. I don't think, like, I don't think the Sixers are going to somehow find the magic, and Joel's going to become the best player, and they're going to be able to beat him. But, I mean, I'm excited for it. It's going to be, I don't know. It's like a whole new season. Like, we lost, we lost, like, the fantasy season, but, like, the playoffs are like a whole other like basketball season. I feel like anyway. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like it's really, it's like it's really like a whole new season. So it's so hard to predict what what kind of shape everyone's going to be in. How how teams look before this is probably not going to be what they look like right now. So, um, it'll it'll be fun. A team could just get hot at the right time and and go on a run. So, you you never know. No, no. Uh, it's going to be uh, no, nah, it's going to be fun. Uh, maybe Portland even or the Pelicans can push the Lakers around one. That'll be good. Uh, the volume is down, Paul. And this guy and his headphones today are uh, not doing so well. I don't know. Let's go on. So uh, I'll keep talking here. Um, yeah, so I mean, that's kind of the bubble, the bubble checking and everything. And now is where they're looking towards the next. Oh, jeez, Paul's getting on his phone, yeah. You got nothing? Uh, boy. You working, Paul? 
Uh, pod is falling apart, folks. So now I'll just keep on pressing forward until I hear otherwise. Um, well, so I will give you the, the Disney Hotel breakdown. You've all been you got nothing. Nah, nothing. Can you hear me now? All right. How are we doing? You hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Welcome back. Wonderful. All right. Uh, That's the real uh, amateur hour here. God. My, I guess my, my headphones died, but the phone like got tricked and didn't know how to pick up the audio. So, uh, look, you know, we're doing the best we can in these uh, corona times to get the technology right. So it is what it is. Yeah, I see. Yeah, I, see. Yeah. Uh, I hope you have better arrangements uh, prepared for Paulita's arrival, Paul. That's all I can t- say. I hope your uh, your 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 lack of uh, attention to the podcast and to the league as a whole uh, better be put towards a good good purpose. Wow, it's already already the skepticism is is building, huh? Yeah, I, you just crash an entire podcast. I mean, come on, we might we might lose our two viewers here because of your actions. It is possible. It is possible. That's our rating. We're on the street. Yeah, thanks to whoever did that. By accident, probably. Uh, what else uh, do we want to talk about here, Ira? Uh, all right. Uh, I'll just give quick takes uh, on the Knicks and Tom Thibodeau. Um, doesn't really matter. Team's, team's garbage, so coach really ain't going to make much of a difference. Yeah, look, um, he, didn't, he didn't do a good job in Minnesota when he had a few good players. Uh, not sure what he's going to really do here. Um, he, he might bring Frank up a few levels, but look, I, I don't think this team is going to do very well under him. Unless there's some major changes. I don't see any major changes happening. They don't really have assets to, to acquire better players. Um, it's going to be a struggle for the year and a half before he's fired. Uh, year and a half. That's about the standard uh, coach. Yeah, we're kind of like a, uh, we're kind of like a trainee program. You, know? you just come in, get a little experience, make a lot of money, and then, you know, be on your way. It's a, it's a, it's a good warm-up roster. Better than Jason Kidd. I would have been real upset if I got Jason yeah, Kidd. Yeah, Jason Kidd, Mark Jackson, been... like, I, I don't want those guys. Like, not not at all. I would have been really happy with Kenny Atkinson. Um, I think he understands the modern NBA and player development. And I, <laughs> Tibbs, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's more of the same to me. Yeah. One day when the Knicks are good, this podcast is gonna is gonna jump up the rankings. Let me tell you. Then we're like gonna really like be feeling ourselves. The, be- but... the best thing about this bubble is that we don't have to watch the Knicks. That basketball is back back. We don't have to watch it. <laughs> I don't have to feel bad about it. Right. Uh, but speaking of which, we right. should discuss because I, I do think Paul said a crucial moment in life right now. Uh, there there are a few times where, especially myself, was. My, my whole bet is loyalty, you know. I'm never one to, to quit on something once I've uh, dedicated myself to it. But I think Paul's at a crossroads here. As his first child arrives, he can consider changing allegiances, I think, in order to save the child from a lifetime of painful sports fandom. Let's pause for a second because you're more of a Spurs fan than an X fan. True or false? Uh, false. Are you false. sure about that? Like, yes, I'm sure about that. the bus like several times about this. We had like to talk to talk. How would she even know if it wasn't true? Because I talk about basketball a lot. She likes to cheer for my fantasy team. I mean, 
She watches some of the games. I mean, yeah, it's, it's and she not, knows that uh, you're a Spurs fan. Yeah. All right. So I don't know if I'm allowed to change I mean, yeah. loyalties. You think that's allowed? Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I think it's I, I do think it's allowed. There's definitely a point in your fandom that you can't change well, a team. Well, and I think when you have a good excuse like right now, that like that's when you hit it. Like the management and it's it's not even like a you know it's not it's not like a petty thing like oh this player is bad and I hate him or like this traffic was bad and I hate him like I don't know like the owner is a sexist probably a racist like yeah the only the only thing still not of Black Lives Matter so uh, look we all know that besides the Knicks I've had allegiances over the last several years to the Wizards <laughs> uh, the Nuggets the Blazers and semi Spurs. So I'll just allow her to, you know, we'll have the Knicks. We'll have probably the Blazers. You know, I think Dame is a really good role model. And, uh, and then, we'll, then we'll become Phoenix Mercury fans. You know, that. Or, uh, well, WNBA. Careful. Well, she has Come to, on. you know, model her game so that when she's, you know, in high school, she has, she has the right mindset of playing. She has uh, to be the Diana Taurasi out there. I, uh, uh, with with your with the Nissan jeans and Amy's jeans, I don't really. I'm, I'm not that optimistic about her. Uh, the heights, the height metrics. That's you know? she be that uh, If she gets to like five three, she's fine. Is that okay for WNBA? Yeah, like they're yeah, all probably school, like that. For high school basketball, it's fine. If, if oh, you're high a skilled five, fine. Three, yeah, that's fine. Skilled. <laughs> all right. Uh. Well, hopeful. Yeah, I got to invest in some garbage cans soon so she can uh, have some proper defenders, you know, to work on our moves. Well, look, yeah. I'm, a self, I'm a self-taught basketball player. I didn't, really, I didn't really know how to play the game until I really taught myself some stuff in college and beyond. So, yeah, she'll have the chairs to dribble around. She'll have the garbage cans to shoot over. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass down my skills of, of reading the game, and, and, you know, hopefully she sees the game in a similar way to me. A little more shooting skill from yeah. earlier age. Uh, it's a shame you never got to be in the uh, coach. You weren't. You didn't get into the coach Wayne's. Uh, you know, in the workshop soon enough in your life. I think uh, you got a little too old in the fast break years. What is the coach Wayne really workshop? Take all the what is the coach Wayne workshop? It's where you learn to run. Yeah, just, I, well, and I run in circles. Yeah. Gets bored. And then going for. Ah uh, no! Oh, no. Co- coach Wayne did. I don't think Coach Wayne respected running as a sport in the first place. You know. I mean, you know. If, if the child was good at it, that's fine. They'd go for the glory. But, uh, you know, he was always a ball sport kind of guy, you know. Uh, very, very boomer style. But, you know, he, you got your fundamentals of basketball taught to you back then. You know, you learned how to play a zone. You learned how to play man. You could hit your layups. You know, if there was any potential to get your offhand. He would have taught you your jump drills a lot sooner. And, like, I was jumping in my garage. Around. You can't do any of this stuff. Well, I, I didn't have the I didn't have the tools to learn. You know, what do you so, mean you didn't have the tools to learn? Is. I mean, I'm a very ground bound player. I, I you know I don't really I never had the physical ability. So, so if you even as a kid, even uh, I I was jumping in the garage when I was like seven years old. It wasn't happening. Tried to work on like my shooting form. You know, get the get the elbow yeah, higher. No. I just yeah, lost cause. Even you could still block my shot. It's sad. I know. It is weird. It is, yeah, because your and your dad's a very good basketball player. Like, I remember him whooping up on us two on one back when we were in like middle school, which probably shouldn't be the case. 
Yeah, well, yeah, no. I don't know. He developed a jumper later in life, so maybe there's still hope for us. I'll tell you, you can yeah. recreate your shot. You just got to practice it. Like, it took me a week in college of, like, going for – I went, like, two hours a day for a week, and I, I recreated my jumper. And then over over the years, it got better and better. But, like, you can do it. You just got to actually decide that you're going to change your jumper. I don't think you have the dedication for yeah. it, though. It, it takes time. No, well – Definitely not anymore. No, no. I mean, with my back, all these conversations are no longer. That's true. Begin with, so. That's true. Yeah. Did he put you through a yeah, training regimen, though? I, I mean, well, yes. I spent a lot of time in the garage. I mean, jumping was a bit was a big uh, a big goal for a while, and we never got anywhere with it. But, why yeah. was jumping the Why was jumping the goal? Because I couldn't I couldn't jump for shit. I think he recognized as much when I was a child. So he's just trying to, he's so, trying to get you to improve yeah. your jumping. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think he, I think he just like, I don't know. I think it's like my hips and dancing. He just like thought that muscle must exist, and I haven't been able to find it. But same as my hips, I, you know, they, they have not been found. I don't know. I have, they I have learned exist. that jumping is like if you could jump, it's like it unlocks your athleticism basically. So it is like a a good skill. And as a kid, if you could learn to jump and run, like you, you'll basically be okay at like whatever sport you do. You'll like hmm. you'll figure out the other coordination later. No, it's, I mean, if you could jump and you can run, you could always be a pest at least. Yeah. Which is, uh, yeah, half the battle. You are a pest, so at least uh, you got that skill set. Yeah, no, I got the running part and the, uh, the asshole part, but yeah. The talent, yeah, it is what it is. Um, do we want to jump into, I guess we had a few more, I guess, like potential list categories. Do we want to hit those tonight? Yeah, or sure. do we wanna... What do you got? All right. Uh, let's do. We'll do the big, the good one now. Uh, sorry, I have a nice bottle of uh, I stole from my parents' house, the Woodford Reserve. You know, Ooh. so I think it's done its magic at this point to give me some good takes. Um, but so I, I was thinking we could do a nice, we could do a nice rundown of like the EB like homes from when we were children, or like I guess like we'll call this like the pre-merge days, poker days. Okay, so it's, it's poker matchwatapage. Good, good point. So it's specifically pre pre-party era. Hangout houses. Yeah, I mean, I, I think party era is like a whole different category, probably. Like that would be a different, a different conversation. I was wondering this when we, when you kind of brought up that we wanted to talk about this tonight, because I said if it was both, Andrew would have a pretty big advantage because his house became a, a solid basement hangout for the guys for like you know watching music videos and playing video games and and stuff, but then also would throw the occasional party. So so his was like. A pretty good one. Whereas, like Elise's house was purely party based, but you're you're going fully fully pre merge pre party era. So for for poker or sports or whatever. Okay. Yeah, let's 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 not waste the content. Who knows how long this quarantine will be? You know, so uh, we can save the party house discussion for a future date. Um, I also I think I think the only other house maybe would be John's house that had both the attributes going for it. Um, but let us. Let, let us focus on the desk at hand here, which is, I think, more big boy year centric anyway. Okay. So, poker house, uh, Mashawakapash setting. Uh, let's break it down. All right. So, I'm going to break this All into right. a few categories here. So, I thought about this. When okay. Going, We're going to do like a category. Going to a house piece. hang in this era, there are a few categories that you need to consider. One is uh, general comfort, comfort in the home, meaning allowed to do the things you want to do, be, be rowdy, etc. Two is 
the food situation. So whether that be the pantry accessibility uh, and also like generally what the food ordering situation was and, and how welcome that was. Three, uh, if there's an outdoor playing situation, was, was that good at a given house? Um, I think those are the main criteria that I'm evaluating this on. Is there anything I'm missing here? Um, that's, that's, I think that's pretty good. I mean, like, uh, general comfort. I mean, is that going to, well, so general comfort will, that, like, will be like, do we all, that'll do we all fit? And then like, if you're out of the main activity, is there like a good secondary activity that you do? Like, is it cool to just like kind of do, do your own thing or whatever? So like, like, yeah. Does that cover, that'll cover like, uh, I guess that'll cover like, like the parents factor, yeah. things of that yes. nature. Okay, that falls in there. Okay, and uh, are we not? We're not going to bring into this uh, like accessibility, like uh, not pantry accessibility, but like how like how easy it is to go to the house. Is that a factor in this conversation? I guess we don't. Well, that's really that. a kind of a biased yeah. thing. Like for you, it's easier to go to Garrett's house than to go to anyone else's house, right? Oh, uh, no, I don't mean like like convenience of the drive, more just like. Uh, how much, maybe like how much advanced notice you need to gain entry and usage of the house, that kind of oh, thing. So, no, that's fair. That's fair if it comes into play. That's definitely a factor to consider. Okay. Could be a minor factor. Okay. All right. I think we've covered a good bit here. Um, okay. Yeah. All right. Let's get into it. Um, I guess we could hit, should we hit, let's hit a, I guess we could hit like a major one to start off with. I mean, we, we were touching on it already. It could be the front runner. Uh, Andrew's home. I think it's been like a staple over the years of our uh, certainly certainly the Mashawatapaj days. Uh, I believe it was the Ta and the Tha of the equation, right? Yep. Majta, the the Ta Wa and Tha of the equation. Excuse me. Andrew's house is an so. early proponent of the multi TV situation. He had the the big screen downstairs that was generally used for uh, watching music videos or. or a sitcom or whatever, and then he had the smaller TV for the, the PS2 going on. So that was always a pretty good situation. Um, yeah, I never really thought about that, but yeah, like it's funny how Trevor and John bragged, or more, I guess more so, John bragged about his TVs forever. And like Andrew has been having two TVs, yeah, since he came out of the womb. Yeah, as usual, haircut, haircut stealing, TV idea stealing, yep. you know. It's always happened. Um, we occasionally played poker there, but it was more of a tight situation. Pantry situation was moderate. Andrew's mom kept a lot of healthy food around. Um, and we occasionally went into the freezer for the freshetta, but kind of only invite allowed us to. Um, but we pretty much always got dominoes there. So the ease of acquiring food was, was always pretty strong there. So, all right. Andrew's on the board for sure. Probably, probably in the top half of houses, in my opinion. Had the outdoor basketball court. We uh, occasionally played wiffle ball in the backyard there. Uh, so, so there's a lot to do. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm with you. I, so the basketball court's the basketball court was on the small side. Definitely a, more of a, a tight a tight More space. of a one-on-one, two-on-two situation than than anything else. Good, Yeah, good for like 21. But definitely not for like a game setting, I'd yeah. say. Yeah. More, more so that for me. Um, okay, all right. That's good. We, we can come back there later. Maybe there could be a few points to reflect on, but yeah, let's let us let us move forward. Um, I guess I feel like usually I feel like for once this is a chart that I 
I mean, Ryan House has some some positive attributes, but I, I I just stick with the indoor capabilities at its disposal. It has to probably be on the bottom half of this listing. So your your house um, to me always sticks out. It, good setup for poker because we could just be in the living room. We had the we had the nice big TV for watching like whatever was on that day, either baseball or basketball, usually. Um, yeah, the hoop outside. You get points there. Great, great, great basketball spot. A lot of space out there. Yeah. It was good setting for that. Yeah. Um, and and you always had a few bags of potato chips around, which is which is pretty much what's needed amongst the group. Oh, I think you should. Uh, I, I, on the stack, the stack game, we were pretty good always. I'd say we. I feel like I've been in a lot of uh, a lot of debates with the Kevin McLears of our time, uh, trying to trying to justify the snack mantle. I mean, you know, like we had the the. We had the uh, Entenmann's donuts, yep. not the baby ones, but like you know the nice, the nice girthy size chocolate donuts. Hostess cupcakes, and then also like another, another like uh, pastry product, whether it was like your Twinkie, your Devil Dog, your Ray Bing, uh, Twizzlers. And you always had the I will say you always uh, have, like Hershey Kisses lying around too, or like Eminem, like, yeah, some sort of candy always lying around. We had a lot of raisinets in the fridge. Um, often there was another kind of chocolate product like on the shelf in between the kitchen and yes, the family that's what I'm room. Thinking of. Uh, yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of Dan Corden uh, whipped cream cans to the face shots. Um, definitely a staple. So, snack game was strong, but I mean, a lot of, inside house. I always always wanted to have a basement, but just too small of a confines. A lot of parent interference in my downstairs area. Definitely true. Um, yep. Like I, you know, like coming inside was always just a challenge in that kind of format. So, uh, I think. Probably middle, maybe a little below average, but let's keep talking. We'll see. We'll see how it fits. And I'm, I'm thinking about all this. There are really not too many bad places to hang out. I think, you know, we, we really always had a good time no matter where we were. So, you know, even if you went up on the bottom, anyone here, you know, don't be too offended. I, I think we had a good time pretty much everywhere. So, all right. Uh, should, we, should we dive into my house, pros and cons? Yeah, we can break down the distance at home. Uh, re- recently left us. Sad to say, would have nice, been nice to have a going away party in there, but it is what it is. Uh, so your house, I mean, I, I mean, this is pre, this is like pre uh, poker days, but I mean, you were kind of like a, you broke in early to the, into the field of hosting. I feel well, yeah, like with so, your like football. Games. So my house is less of a poker house, more of a come play football, come play basketball, um, come play showdown kind of house. Uh, people would come over for like watching TV. People used to come on like Thursday nights to watch like Grey's Anatomy and like maybe The Office or something like that um, in the later years. So it's definitely good for that. I think we had a pretty good pantry. Uh, food ordering was more of an obstacle um, due, to, due to known factors. <laughs> Legendary food ordering. Due to, due to known factors. Um, and well, we had ping pong in the basement, so that was good as well, I think. Um, ping pong's a plus. Ping pong's a plus. Yeah. Uh, but I'd say, yeah, I mean, you had the basketball hoop, uh, limited, probably like a two on two court, I guess. Right. Yeah. You, you, know, like, you have the three on three out there. Cause it was wide, but, um, wide, okay. wide yeah, like, yeah. but short. Um, but definitely have the, the mom interference every so often there. So that, that, that could definitely be attractive. Uh, I mean, I feel like, uh, a small detractor, but I mean, you did have the basement, which gave like enough privacy to get out to like to have the hang. And I mean, and I feel like you do have like the legendary 
like mother takedown of the group story. Like I don't, I can't think of like any stronger performance. Oh, actually, well, no, I, I think your mom beats the Backlers even. Like, and that was a party setting too. Like, uh, which one are you talking about? I'm, I'm thinking of uh, when when Kevin's father came to Adam was and like broke up the party or no, whatever. What is my mom? What uh, is my mom's situation? Came, right. Oh well, after after Andrew solely put his head on the wall in your room and left a hole in the wall. And then, you know, we all, I, th- I believe we all retreated to the basement before you gave her the bad news. And then she came downstairs to reprimand us. <laughs> um, and, and I think, I think we snickered as she departed the scene, at which point she, uh, she mentioned, and, and, uh, you, you could still hear the voice in your head as she says, I don't think it's funny. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, uh, uh, you got definitely huge mistake there. Huge mistake there. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. I mean, that's an all-timer, though. I mean, that, you know, that, that's a moment. I don't know. If that's a positive for for house hanging out, but I mean, okay, all right. Memorable, memorable. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I think you're probably. Yeah, I mean, you're not. You're probably somewhere in the middle. Yeah, maybe in the middle yeah. lower. I think I guess if we can't find like strong attributes that propel you to the top, you're probably going to be in the lower half. Just the way this is going to go. Yeah, my my house but, definitely a high volume house at certain points in time. As we got older, probably less. Like we didn't really play poker there, um, which which I'm I was always fine with. All right, let's let's move on. Yeah. Uh, let's go to someone towards the top. I think John John is a strong contender here. Ah, oh, certainly. Yeah, it's a legendary basement. I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any. There's been a, another house where you had as much free reign, even when the parents were home. Yes. I mean, you know, you just kind of like the chaos could run rampant down there. I think the Super Bowls when we were younger kind of led up to this point. Um, a ping pong table, a very spacious ping pong table setting, which is always appreciated. Very good game of ping pong. Um, poker table, a lot of room around a poker table. Had air hockey. Um, had darts. And. I don't. I mean, the drum set was kind of a nuisance, but I think that got put away anyway. Um, had NFL Blitz. Had what? Had, I don't we know, had, what, we had, had Madden. We had a great Madden run there. That's where the, the legend of Tom Arthur was born at John's house. Um, of course, the fastest Chinese delivery in, in all of East Brunswick into John's <laughs> house. Um, and you're always getting throw-ins too. We got delivered. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it just a good house. Uh, it seemed like there was always a big bag bag of popcorn there, or something like that. Um, you had the downstairs fridge for like beverages and stuff like that. So yeah, I, good good situation for sure. Probably probably the best poker layout as well. Uh, everyone fit nicely at like a round table plus a side table if needed. Um, that, that's my memory of it. Uh, I don't know, basketball hoop outside had a a fair bit of room I think to work with, yeah. which is a uh, always helpful uh like football was feasible not the see, I, nah, like I take the deduct- my only deduction is that the football field is not very good you have to play in that area where you could like almost break an ankle at any given moment because there, there were either trees or like holes in the ground but solid basketball court even though the best basketball games were never really played there though shoot from there was invented there uh so you got to give it some points back <laughs> had a pretty uh good good outdoor restrooms in my opinion I had no problems with them. Uh, yeah, no, I think uh, solid house. I, I was like, if we had a bathroom downstairs, that would have been clutch. 
that would have been a nice, a nice, like I could just, I don't even bother going upstairs and like acknowledging the, the folks or anything. I could just, you know, take my time downstairs. No worries. That's a plus. Uh, I guess, I guess the pool table upstairs was nice, but rarely used. Uh, that was kind of a forgotten asset. Um, but yeah, that was a strong contender, strong contender. I think we'll have, to, we'll have to circle back maybe to break down the top one later, but it's up there. All right. Uh, Bibsy. Bibsy, I remember Bibsy. having a pretty, okay. pretty good poker house. We usually had the, the dining table as a setup and then maybe like a secondary table kind of in the living space over there. Um, I like the pizza situation, as I mentioned on our last podcast. You always got good pizza over there. Um Definitely less privacy. Definitely less privacy. We had the basement, which we, I don't remember ever using until he threw that party when we were in college. Uh, well, didn't, I think his sister lived in the basement, didn't she? She lived in the basement? I think that might have been, been her room for a period. Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'll have to check back. I'll have to check back on Bibsy. I'm sure he'll let us know. Um, but I, I, I like the poker layout. Like, like, it was a little tight, but for some reason, like, it, it had the right amount of space and closeness to, like, make you have, like, that poker room feel. Um, I think I thought the snack pantry was pretty good. Good snack pantry. Uh, legendary, like, Sandy sign, like, on the door or whatever with the phone number, I think. <laughs> um, you know, and I feel like, like the Sandy's lore, just, I mean, it's still, it's still strong there. So just was always good about the snacks, I feel like. Um, I have I have very positive memories about the uh, I think it was Justin's like one birthday when like he was hosting poker and like Vita gave him like car wash like a just like car fluid <laughs> as like a birthday present. I don't know. It was like Vita Schneer and like Andrew like gave him like gifts on the back of his trunk. I do remember that. Very very legendary. I feel like we never went back there. Wasn't the backyard pretty uh good backyard? No. Yeah, that's where we filmed the. Uh our video for history class about the Berlin airlift. So we, we got, got some good stuff back there, but yeah, we never really used it. Yeah, it's a shame. I guess we had frost right next to it. And then walking to frost to play football. That's more yeah. what I remember. Yeah. Yeah. The frost convenience was big. Um, yeah. I like, I like it though. I, I feel like I, I feel like I probably would put it like, uh, I feel like for like the, the category we're discussing, I think I might put it above our homes. I also liked like, his family room layout too. Like it, like I guess I didn't have a lot of seating. I feel like it just like worked well. It was very functional. It worked well for poker. When you were out, there wasn't much to do because there was no secondary. Vi- like the video game was in his room, and he was kind of asinine about or uh, like anal about that rather. But um, but yeah, other than that, pretty good. I don't know. We had some good sports view in there too, though. Like we watched the Rutgers game there. I remember we've had some good. Uh, Oh, been doing yeah, over the years. yeah, yeah. In, in his in the family room by the garage. Yes, yes, yes. yes. I do remember watching. I, I went home to watch the fourth quarter with my dad. That's right. Uh, <laughs> was that the yeah. was, was that, that the Rutgers West Virginia game where they lost in, on the last play of the game? I think it, that might have been that was the game because I was at the Rutgers Louisville game, so it wasn't that. It must have been the Rutgers. Okay. Game. Oh. Yeah. 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 Also watched like we also we watched like the Giants game there. I think versus the Packers, like uh, when like they won in overtime, the first Super Bowl in 07, I think. But yeah, I don't know. I I feel like yeah, 
not always memorable, but I think strong. Um, let us hit the, I'd say like the third poker house in the trio. I think it was always like Andrew, Andrew, John, and then Garrett's house was the third poker house yes. in the equation. Yes. Um, so again, I feel like an early performer in New Year's hosting also. Um, I mean, obviously I like it for close to homeness. It's just very convenient for me. Um, but I am good table for poker. Great table like for that, poker. That was like a great table for poker. Good layout. I think the, the the dogs might have been a distraction a little bit. I think. I mean, entertaining, but like, Trevor was like scared of it of Jagger. You know, it, was, it, it complicated things at times. Yes, I understand. Um, yeah, for sure. I snacks. I'm. I don't remember that well, but I would assume weren't good because Garrett's house usually was like a dieting house a lot of the time. Uh, you might remember better than I do. I. I feel like we were there enough that we must have had snacks. I. I I don't know. I don't remember. I really don't remember. I remember sleeping over there and, and yeah. having bagels, though, and that was a positive memory for his birthday, I think, one time. That time that we stayed up till like, 4 in the morning watching music videos until uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kelly Clarkson's Walk Away came on for the second time. So <laughs> that, was, that was a good time. But the leather couches are a big plus. He had Xbox, yeah, nice couches. which is always a good time when you got out. Um, any good games for that? Um, yeah, I mean, solid, yeah. solid performer in my opinion. No, no real. Well, we used to walk over, and I mean, similar to you, we'd walk over and, and like play uh, stickball or whatever in the in the grassy area, um, and could walk over to you if we wanted to play basketball. So, yeah, pretty pretty good overall mm. house. That's a good point. I forgot. Yeah, we had the basketball access at any time, which was a. Uh... Yeah, at tennis convenience when you were getting out early and whatnot. Okay, yeah, it's definitely okay. I might get it. I might get it above. I might get it like above Justin. So probably like, I'm thinking. I'm not sure it's gonna hit the the John Andrew. I was about to say right now. I think I have John Andrew. Then maybe like Garrett, Justin, and like me and you. So that's where I'm at right now. Okay. All right. All right. I'm with you. Um, but see, your point about volume is a good one because, like, Garrett definitely gets bonus points over Justin, I think, because for the volume that we played there. We played at Garrett's a lot of times, so he definitely gets a bump for, for the availability of the house, I think. Hmm. True, true. Yeah, no, he was usually, like, almost always down to host. That's a good point. Uh, yeah, getting bedroom access was, could be complicated, yeah. but, yeah, the rest of the house was largely easy enough. Um. All right. Who else do we? I mean, uh, well, I I feel like Shabir's house and like Levy's house really didn't hit us till like after this period. I don't know. Did we use Shabir's house? Does it qualify? I'd say we use. So Levy's house, we used to go in the basement to play poker. And Trev's house. Did we play? I guess we did play at Levy's. You're right. Because he made the chart. Yeah. Like Trev's, I definitely remember hanging out at Trev's, but I feel like the basement wasn't. No, the basement was definitely ready. That's where our that's where our dance off was. Did we did we dance off a true basement? Yeah, that's where the that's where the classic that. one was. Hmm. Uh, news to me. Okay, I don't even remember that I, one. I think it was before it was fully finished, possibly. Yeah, it definitely was not finished at this point. Um I thought I still remember him hosting cards ever. But like I remember playing like bloop like uh like tw- like uh, AC Juicy there a lot. I remember doing that. 
Um, yeah, like there was a time I'm trying to remember because it definitely before it was finished because the TV was like in the middle of the basement, as opposed to like the the side projector. Oh uh, uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Huh. I don't know. I I feel like it, it's hard for me to rate that house just because I, yeah I feel like we didn't really use it for like the card playing. It was, it was and, like it wasn't a Mashawat the Fudge house. It was definitely lower volume back then. I think definitely lower volume. Yeah. I I would also have trouble yeah. anywhere. I like, always remember having a good time there, but I don't. I don't have specific uh, memories. What? Just do what you want. She's yeah, right. She's trying to be subtle, but she's just being weird. Um, <laughs> so, uh, who's next? Uh, all right, ladies' house. I enjoyed the poker setup. I mean, definitely plenty spacious. Um, I'd say there was a lack of comfort, like going upstairs in the home that I felt. Like I didn't feel like uh, I could safely operate in that household. Much like, um, much like leaving current day, he like didn't seem to really want us to go upstairs, and it was kind of like you like run, you like run to the bathroom and run, run back down. That's kind of how he wanted us to operate. So, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It was not the most comfort, comforting of uh, of places to be. Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember if we did his basement while we while we were, used to play there or not. I don't know. But all right. Yeah, I mean that one. I'm gonna probably put towards my bottom. Just yeah, I, I just I didn't feel like it was the uh, the best setup for my liking, where I could feel like I could uh, you know maximize my use and like outdoors. Did he have the pool right away? I never remember no. if that was like oh, uh, definitely not one. Yeah, it's like the outdoor the outdoor factor was limited. Um, and like I definitely did our pantry accessibility. That was not the case. Uh, all right, let us hit a Corey's house, which I probably was like the fourth poker venue of choice. I feel like. yeah, I think that's right. Um, back then, um, good good space for poker playing. Yeah, good space for poker playing. It was that kind of it, it was almost like an its own alcove. It was kind of nice that way. Yeah, like easy access to like the bathroom or to the kitchen, like. The TV family room was like right there too. Yeah, we always so felt like, welcome there. You could kind of walk around with no problem. Usually, had Xbox or baseball going on in the living room, so that was always good. Yeah, I guess. I, yeah, I guess I would say sometimes you're competing with the family for the TV access, but usually, like his dad had like the sports on anyway. So well, like, it was one of those things, that, and they, they didn't mind us like coming to join them to watch. Like it was, you always felt welcome true. doing that. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the obvious thing uh, here. The water was not drinkable at, at given times. I I remember having to walk to quick check to get a, a drink and then drinking too fast and, you know, cramping in the middle of the road with, like, Andrew and – were you the other person or Trevier? I don't remember. I don't think I was the one. Yeah. There were, like, three of us that walked over there to get drinks, and we all chugged our <laughs> drinks too fast and had, like, a breakdown in the middle of the road. Um <laughs> So yeah, not the best snack and drink situation, but the other, the other, it rates high in the other, in the other situations, I think. Yeah. Well, no, I actually, I actually thought you were gonna go. The snack situation was always tough. The uh, the chips, like, uh, like it was like a like a joke back in the day. That like the chip supply was always gonna be low. So like, prepare yourself, like if you want some chips, hey, bring like, bring your own chips, basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, obviously not that complicated to bring your own chips, but. I just remember it being like part of like the uh, stigma of the Corey hosting days. Um, I did enjoy taking his dad's money, but that was always a nice like twenty dollar <laughs> boost in the uh, in the games. Yeah, can always count on that. 
That uh, was at Justin's house too. Okay. He was kind of taking his dad's money pretty much as well. Yeah, both Dave's, right? Yeah. yeah. No, I'd say uh, I'd say Dave Hirsch was a, a stronger player than Dave Sanders, in my opinion. But, Fair. Yeah. All right. Okay. I think yeah. So I think that one's full, probably dropped falling into like the middle area. I mean, outdoor access? No. Did he have a hoop? I don't remember if he had a hoop. Uh, yes. I, I, I'm pretty sure he had one on the street. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So there was a hoop. All right. I thought I never used it really, but okay. We did not use it that often. All right. Interesting. Okay. Uh, all right. So that's probably going to fall in the middle for me, I feel like. Uh, Honestly, right. everything's pretty much middle of the road. I, I, like, we had good times everywhere, you know? I, that, that's what we're yeah. doing. It's true. Yeah. No, there, yeah. I don't really recall any of any issues ever i don't want to deem anyone uh, like the bottom house i really don't i don't want to do that i i think that would that would uh harsh it you know i i don't mind naming the top three but i, I don't want to stigmatize the bottom houses i think i think that would not be in the spirit of what we're doing here we're honoring we're honoring the the houses as opposed to uh a tear fair. down yeah no yeah definitely yeah we're, we're honoring the stadiums of our of our youth what the what brought this league together in the first place? Uh, so who's left? I think we pit. I, I think Danks maybe we still should. Oh hit. yeah. Um, Great backyard. I think uh, that's the dog poop. Best football, best football backyard out there. Yeah. That was like main football, I think. Yep. Had the perfect fence length. Yep. Um, very good football backyard. Not as good for football because it was slanted, but still pretty good because it was so wide and long. Um. What else? Uh, basement was good. You had, you had a lot of steps to go down there, so it was, you had real separation from the upstairs. <laughs> then nice, comfy couch down there. Pretty big TV for video games down there. Solid ping pong table. Probably one of the one of the better. I always consider that like the kind of the marquee competition ping pong table. Because um, like at my at my house, like I knew I was gonna win. Like that was kind of the place where, like, if we were gonna have a tournament, that's the place to have a tournament. Um, like John's was kind of oversized. Like Dan's was like the perfect setup, in my opinion. Um, what else? There's the computer back there to play a little bit. Did a backyard baseball, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Okay. Good couches down yeah. there. I like the couch setup. Good basement. I feel like there were yeah. there were some shenanigans back there. I feel like we used to play. Uh, um, some sort of tag type game down there, or like basically like floor hockey a lot. I mean, that yeah, but I, there's some sort of game uh, where like we'd like, like hide and then like I don't even remember what it was called, but there's some sort of game we used to play back down there. <laughs> um, yeah. I I feel like our poker playing would take place upstairs though, right? That was like a kitchen activity, I think. Uh, we didn't play poker there too often. We play in the living room, I yeah, no. did, and the kitchen. I think, yeah. but that that was a good house for like like going to watch like the Big East tournament or like other things like that, like sporting events, you know. Yeah, I had a good spread for uh, yeah, and like easy to like be in the kitchen and still see a TV, which is nice. Yeah, yep. yeah, I like that facet. Snack wise, I can't remember the how good the snack game was. Uh, I feel like you always be prepared, but I can't remember if like the pantry had much to offer. I feel like I feel like definitely it was pretty good. I feel like. Marcy always had it stocked up. It was, it was pretty decent. And they were very happy like to, to offer you stuff as well. 
Yeah, yeah, true, 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 true. Okay. Um, what other houses do we have? What I think, have we hit everybody now? Or I in Durant's house. He never rose to poker. Um, maybe like once. I mean, I, not too common. I watched your basketball there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Actually, I guess I played basketball there though. He had a good basketball space. Yeah, I mean, I've only, only played there like one one time, I think. Um, who else? Is that everybody? My Eric, but I haven't been to Eric's house. Um, that's everybody, right? Did I miss anybody? In the league, I think that's it. It's like, job well done. Yeah, Wise's house, but I never went to Dan Wise's house. Never, never got the invite. He didn't. That guy never hosted. He didn't invite people too often. Yeah, though. I know. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking the joke. Uh, all right. Yeah, but I think that's a, a job well done on the uh, the Mashwathafaj poker playing houses. All right. Uh, and I think we've done this for fucking. I think we set a podcast record today, Paul. Uh, for what? Not even. I'm not, I mean, what? We went an hour and forty minutes, something like yeah, that. Yeah, pretty much. That's got to be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Two partners. Not really our best, in my opinion, but you know, we the way- no, it wasn't even our best stuff. No, I don't think we have the fire yet. We need basketball to come back to I, really kind of inspire us. I agree. We need battle. I agree, hundred percent. Well, on that note, let's go enjoy the uh, the challenge reunion episode that we're going to go watch now and uh, and catch back up. Stay safe out there. You're going to sleep. Don't, don't lie now. But no, nah, ten twelve. I'm I'll not, be watching the challenge. I'm not going to be asleep until like 10.45. Come on. Give me a break here. <laughs> so you'll get through one third of the episode. That's right. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back. Bye.